The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. See, that's my best Obi-Wan screech impression. Nice. I was going to say that sounded sort of like you were trying to sort of signal to the audience that it's the end of October and we're heading to turkey season. Or for me, it's more tofurkey season. No, Bobby, I I know what Bobby's doing the... um, with the like the dragon call or whatever that yeah, scares yeah, the yeah. Jawas off, where they're like, "Oh, it's the dragon!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have it, you like, listened like, to 15 like times? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. old version versus the new version. Like the old version sounds like really like mysterious, and it's like, "Oh my god, what's that?" And the new version is way more clearly just a dude yelling. <laughs> <laughs> like know. you can hear some guy being like, ah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's so weird. Hey, I think it, it's supposed to be like Obi Wan like force projecting his voice, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like a weird like force like sonar thing. Like it was one of those. Yeah. Well, it was. It's it's in the it's in what the the A New Hope, right? Yep, it's in A New Hope. It's yeah, the first yeah, Obi Wan yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, and so, like, I think at that point they had, because, like, I don't know if you guys have looked into, like, some of the uh, uh, other concepts for, like, Star Wars sequels, mm-hmm. um, but, like, you can sometimes when you go back to the old ones, you're like, dang, they really didn't have the Force sort of figured out, because <laughs> yeah. nobody else does, like, Force voice tricks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. if you didn't get it from our, our topic of conversation to start this episode... I am dressed up as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I hope you can hear the lightsaber. I can't noise. believe you haven't dropped a single hello there yet. Hello there. Uh, there that was pretty good. <laughs> See, I was being Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. But, uh, that is a name I have not heard in a very, very long time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Oh, so both, yeah, both that's not what we're talking about today. Not though. at all. Yeah, no, not even. No, close. it just happened to be a coincidence that we all dressed up as Obi Wan. Yeah. for our last episode, uh, so we, we didn't talk about it beforehand. Yeah, we in the spirit of the new Obi Wan show on Disney Plus next year. But the the funny thing is, we all did different versions of Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby's the, yeah. Ali Mag- yep. the Alec McGinnis one. Alec you know, McGinnis. <laughs> Yeah, Jack, 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 Jackie Boy is, you know, our our, our good old Ewan McGregor yeah, version yep, from yep. the prequels. That's and me. I'm your, I'm from, you know, the, the Clone Wars cartoon version. Yeah. Listen, listen, Brand, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little bit cheated, Pulled you know, because I, I, you know, I, I put in this real effort and I'm actually dressed up as Obi-Wan and you boys are sitting yeah. here just saying, I'm Obi-Wan. And you're you don't know you're not even dressed up. Listen, will, will the real Obi Wan please stand up? Don't. Oh, no, I'll stand up. up, Bobby. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Bobby's Bobby's peeling back the curtain and he's reeling, dude. He's parting uh, the Komodo. I'm getting. I'm going crazy because I've just been, you know, 
I've been boggling all month long, and mm-hmm. let's let's Googling. try our best to transition into the actual topic today. I know. I'm sorry. It was just completely off topic. But, it's uh, not you. I I made the decision. I made the conscious decision to dress up as Obi Wan, <laughs> and I knew that that would cause a little bit of an uproar. Bobby legitimately is dressed up as Obi Wan, though. Just yeah, just that's to, not just a joke. Give, just to give credit actual. to Bobby. He legitimately actual is. Actual I have the hood and everything. <laughs> so it's pretty good. Uh, I could have done more of the costume, but nah. So today we're going to be talking about a horror because it's 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 Bogtober, people. And guess mm-hmm. what? Guess what? If you're listening to this on Friday, you only got one day left before that mug is gone. So go check out the mug on our website because it's got a mm, pumpkin on it. it. Go get it while they the while there's still things to get. Well, yes. there's still the world time. doesn't completely collapse yep. into. How is, chaos. That's got to be a line in Star Wars somewhere. <laughs> Pretty close. Oh, do it while there's mm. still time. Mm. Probably mm. not. Probably you know what not. is a line in Star know. Wars? We got company. We got company. And also, um, what's the other one they always do? I got a do? bad feeling oh, about yeah. this. Uh, I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this. And um, McClunky, dude, the iconic one. Although that one's been already memed to all hell and back. But again, this isn't a Star Wars this episode. This isn't a Star Wars episode, Bobby. As what much as it sounds, is it? As much as it hey, sounds like Hey, but if you want to hear a Star Wars episode, you should go we have check many. out our Patreon. For just like... one buck a month, we have a few Star Wars episodes yeah, up there for as little have, as $1 I, a month. I think we have three. Do we have three or is it only two? I think it's two. It's right, two. We have it's one two. that's like out live, I think, public. But I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, one's public. I don't remember. <laughs> All I know is that today we're going to be talking about the Amityville Horror. That's like, Which is dead. like really interesting, and I'm glad I picked this topic because I just kind of like the only reason I picked it was I recognized Amity from Danny Phantom because uh, he lived in Am- Amity Park, and I was like, "Oh, it sounds ghosty." Oh, so oh well, I assume Danny Phantom is probably a reference to Amityville. It is. I figured <gasps> that out this week, and yeah, it's a pretty crazy story because it's real. It's a uh, it kind of involves two different parts here. So there's the actual uh, true information that it is based on, and then there's a movie and a book that are more yeah, based on. Yeah, I think I've seen parts of the movie. The hauntings. Yeah, like so. There's the hauntings of Amityville, and then there's oh. the actual event. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? I completely forgot that there was like the initial event that then caused the hauntings. Well, the event is uh, kind of the more interesting part. We of haven't this, even in introduced opinion. ourselves yet, by the way. Oh yeah, so so I guess. Oh yeah, I totally haven't been just trying to find something for my uh, alliteration <laughs> just the whole time while you guys were talking. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got one for you, so I'll give you more time, Brent. Let's hear it. I, no, I, I, I have one on deck. I have one on deck. Go ahead. I am your bedhead, bloody bedhead B, <gasps> Bobby. Oh, my God. All right. All right. All right. That's it. Well, well, I am your James Brolin from the 1975 <laughs> classic film Amityville Horror B, oh. Brent. Oh, I... Very good. Uh, Oh shit! Um, I'm your <laughs> jump scare, Jay Jack. I think I did jump scare last year, but whatever. I, I don't remember you doing jump scare. So me neither. I, I, but we've done a lot. I, I sort, I sort of do, but I don't remember from what. So it doesn't. Jay matter. has not that many words. B has a lot of words. Jay doesn't <laughs> have that many words. All right. Well, See, 
had you been Googling things about Amityville yeah. Horror, you could have used James Brolinby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of James Brolinby. <laughs> yeah. It depends on the emphasis. You know? I should have just done that. That would have been so funny. <laughs> I am oh, your yeah. James Brolinby. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Okay, All right, so I want to start off by getting us. I want to start off by getting us in the spirit of this, um, because I have here, and you know, I got to shout out to another podcast because I actually got this from a different podcast. Um, oh, it was you hate to see it. True crime all the time, and they did this too, where they played this uh, clip. But you know what? Let me just stop talking. Let me stop jibber jabbing because. You just want to hear this. So this is the news broadcast radio bulletin from the night of the actual Amityville murders, which I will get into what those were, but uh, this should help explain it. So here we go. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation. First, this bulletin from the WOR newsroom. Six members of one family have been found shot to death in their night clothes in their expensive home in Amityville, Long Island. The only available information at this moment, according to the Amityville Village Police, is that the, mem- the victims have been identified as members of the DeFeo family. They were found by a 23-year-old son, Ronald DeFeo, who is believed to be the only surviving member of the family. Six members of the family found shot to death in their home in Amityville, Long Island. We will have further details on the 11 o'clock news. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... That dude, he gives, like, the... W- <laughs> they were shot to death in their night clothes. Night clothes. <laughs> and in their... In their, their expensive ex- home. Expensive home. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of shade being thrown yeah, like, to know. this murdered it's... family. No, dude, that wasn't shade. He was praising them. It was just, it was just weird details. Maybe, maybe it's my 2020 perspective. I was like, look oh. at these bougie people oh, in yeah, a yeah, close yeah. and expensive Long Island home. No, but back. In well, they were pretty oh, bougie. Yeah, because Amityville is a is like a oceanside town, and it's it's a village. It's a very small place i know based on what it looked like when you said it was on long island i was like what that's yeah it's like an hour from manhattan and yeah long island i i I feel like people kind of like have in their heads oh new york long island but it's really more of like a suburb of new york city you know like it's really sort of like the hoity-toity sort of upper middle class higher end area you know yeah if we have any you know listeners from long island uh that's that's what long island is um now you know even yeah. though you're but, probably but parts of it yeah, um, yeah i don't yeah, want to yeah. speak i don't want paint to have a broad brush but generally speaking it's a little bit all of, of a richy rich kind of suburby it's very bougie so <laughs> around 6 30 p.m on wednesday november 13th 1974 23 year old ronald defeo entered henry's bar in amityville long island new york and declared You've got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Wait a minute. Make fun of him, Bob. I'm not making fun of him. Uh, yeah, I kind of was. I'm sorry, it's Robert. Ronald DeFeo sounds like a is. little bit of a also, doofus. Also, that radio Ronald. announcer said the DeFeo name two different times. He said DeFeo. He said DeFeo. Yeah, he said DeFeo, and then he said DeFeo. Listen, Take as your, your resident mind. Italian, uh, I'm going to say it's DeFeo. Mm, mamma mia so let's just say DeFeo from now from now on mamma okay. mia 
That's that's always how I pronounce it. Um, I, I I am a, a little bit familiar with this because I Ooh. saw the 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 Amityville horror like the remake that they did like in like the mid aughts. Oh geez, two thousand five version or whatever. Yeah, something like that. I so I saw that in the theater oh, when that was still something versions of the movie. socially acceptable. And there's been like a billion sort of weird spinoff sequels since then. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, like, I've listen, it's funny. Clips of the of the original, um, the seventies one. Yeah, the original movie. Yeah, you guys have probably seen way more than me combined. Wait, the murder happened in seventy four, and the movie also came out in the seventies. Yeah, like four yeah. years later, that's, five years later. Yeah, well, funny. the book was written like pretty close after the actual. Uh, oh, yeah. it, I think right after nineteen seventy five. The funny thing is, oh, yeah. the funny thing is that that they, they like. There was, there was like a whole fad like in the mm. 90s where like every controversy that ever happened got like a TV daytime mm-hmm. movie that or whatever that came out like within <laughs> yeah. like a month. It's like Tanya Harding and Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan, you know, Lifetime movie, oh my God. <laughs> you know, oh, it, was, yeah, it would come out like a week after it happens. I'm like, how did they cast it so fast? You want to like, know Jesus. something wild? So like I so I've been converting like old VHS tapes at home like it like, you know, I'm holding one up right now and we uh oh. we found one the other day that didn't have a label and so we played it and it was just like tv being recorded from like the, mm. the like mid 90s oh my my boy it is I, so I, hilarious back in the day Meg, my dad would record every episode of power rangers <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so funny see this was a recording of the wonder years and in between there was a chronicle uh like commercial like the show chronicle yeah and uh they were like electromagnetic waves will it kill you what do you have to be worried about next on chronicle and we were oh dying my God, that is so funny <laughs> yeah anyway now i digress let's uh chronicle chronicle is responsible for QAnon. you heard it here uh, first. Yeah. i was on chronicle once <laughs> what i was on chronicle i was on what chronicle the for news why? channel because uh that summer place that you know that one i'm talking about yeah 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 in yeah, the town where the, we the, work the the, the 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 town of summer oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you used yeah, to work yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they did like a promo about it and like i was interviewed for it and i was just like oh yeah what's up Ke- what's up guys I'm oh you're like a little kid <laughs> yeah it's pretty good all right so so getting back to the story uh like i said ronald defeo the oldest son of the DeFeo family, entered Henry's bar in Amityville, Long Island, and declared, You gotta help me! I think my mother and father are shot! Yep. My best New York accent. <laughs> DeFeo and a smaller group of people <laughs> went to 112 Ocean Avenue, which was located near the bar, and found that DeFeo's parents were dead inside the house. On w- one of the group, DeFeo's... Oh my god, why? One of the group... DeFeo's friend Joe Yeswit made an emergency call to the Suffolk County Police who searched the house and found that six members of the same family were face down dead in their beds. So it wasn't just the parents. It was the siblings too. So uh, just for future reference, Ronald DeFeo's nickname was actually Butch. So there, if you ever hear me talking about Butch DeFeo, that's also Ronald Jr. So got it, got it. Butch DeFeo was born on September 26th, 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. 
DeFeo was the oldest of five children. Ronald Sr. And Ronald Sr. was his father, and he worked at his father-in-law's Brooklyn Buick dealership and provided the family with a comfortable upper-middle-class lifestyle. So, yes, bougie. Uh, I would say they were probably more than comfortable, actually. But he also served as a domineering authority figure and engaged in hot-tempered fights with his wife and children. The most frequent target of abuse was the oldest child, Butch, of whom was much expected. It only got worse at school, where the overweight and brooding boy was the victim of relentless bullying from his classmates. Never a good start to a murder story. Mm-hmm. You know, bullied yeah, as a kid. Yeah, you, you hate to see it. Um, Listen, I never was, a good start. I was bullied as a kid. Okay, I was bullied all the oh, time. Oh sure, I was I, bullied. I was also bullied. So hey, that's what happens. You get bullied, you either yeah. murder your family, or you start a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. only two options. That's I, why there's so many podcasts. <laughs> yeah, Dude, when I was, I in was a, your bully, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, and that'd be so funny. Um, but no, when I was in um, uh, when I was in elementary school, I had long hair. That's probably very hard to believe. Um, but uh, I had very long hair, like longer than it is now. Yep, it was no uh, much longer. Yeah, it was like down to my shoulders. Very no. Easily. Yeah, it was it was really really long. Um, and so people at school used to call me Miley Cyrus. Oh, I don't know why no, that Jack. out of like all of the celebrities who have long hair, why like she wasn't even like like e- if it was even like a trans person, I could understand it maybe for like the bullying because like mm. I had long hair, so they'd be calling me. Cause... I mean, they're just calling me a girl, I guess. I don't know why specifically <laughs> Miley Cyrus though, but I got a haircut uh and I, my hair was cut short and i was like they're not gonna call me miley cyrus anymore because they can't because they don't have long hair and then miley uh, cut her hair <laughs> no and then they started calling me miley cyrus with cancer no <laughs> no yeah kids, kids suck kids are the kids worst <laughs> dude they're brutal yeah. i like i think it's funny i was like i totally no, like it's good to laugh thinking back on it i'm like oh my god i was totally bullied but yeah. like when I when I think about it, at the time I didn't think I was getting bullied. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird because for me it was yeah, the opposite situation. Because you know I remember this situation where these kids were like, "I'm gonna beat you at it through the fire and flames on Guitar Hero. Let's meet up this weekend at the park and and the the Teen Rec Center and we'll we'll face each other." And I was like, "Oh, they're trying to bully me!" And I'm like, "Wait, they're trying to hang out with me." Like, yeah. let's see. They were asking me to hang out. Let's see. Yeah, so better. it's not like when I was a kid where you get picked up and slammed into yeah. the wall of the bathroom by some random kid because they thought oh, that was geez. cool or having someone like put pick boogers out of their nose and stick them on your face Ooh. on the school bus. Yeah. Oh, that was no. more the kind of bullying that I was no. used to when I was younger. I also went to a really good school uh, system. And of course, being yeah. called like a fag and stuff. But, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I had. That, that's. That's that's what happens when you're a, a young youth male is that they, people call you gay because that's apparently was an insult. Yeah, that's that was my biggest thing. It's that like, was cool. Very uh, very prominent in my childhood was being was being yeah. called that, and also I wonder, yeah, there was physical wonder, stuff too. I wonder if Gen Z still has that. Do people really yeah. still like you're gay? No, uh, Gen no, Z is ironic now. Is it? It's ironic yeah. now. People people will be like, that's so gay. Um, 
I have like a lot of like I have a lot of gay friends. Uh, no, but like a lot of my a lot of my gay friends will like be like, "Oh my god, that's so gay." <laughs> oh yeah. man! So we're really taking taking it back, taking ownership. Yeah, yeah of, right. of the phrase as opposed to actually being like, "I'm mm. going to insult you by suggesting <laughs> that your sexuality is something to be ashamed of." I have one yeah. gay friend or who something. Also I don't calls, get it. <laughs> um, they call any minor inconvenience homophobic. Oh and yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. I I just pretty think good. I like it. I like it. You know, I just think like you know, I'm sure many of our listeners listeners have had similar experiences. You're a kid. You're very uh, you know sensitive to certain things, and you know you you look for your uh, school life to be your escape from your home life if you have a bad home life, and uh, maybe you have a bad school life and you look for an escape in your home life. But for for DeFeo, this was not the case in either situation he was bullied cool. at home and he was bullied in school so as DeFeo matured he began lashing out physically against his father as well as his new f- his very few amount of friends his concerned family took him to a psychiatrist but the visits didn't sit well with DeFeo who denied that he needed help the trips to the doctor stopped and in their place the DeFeos used an incentive of cash and presents including a $14,000 speedboat in the hopes that the gifts would placate their troubled son. Upper middle class can afford a $14,000 speedboat. I guess so. In the, in the seventies. What the heck? And they were upper middle class. Like they were, they were very comfy, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that Amityville house, I mean, if you've seen, like, the famous, like, facade of that house, that, that, yeah. that, that's an, if not for the spookiness associated with it, it's a pretty nice house. <laughs> it's a pretty nice house. It's it's very well built. Um, in the hopes that the gifts, so, like, basically, they would uh, give their son these gifts in the hopes that it would kind of keep him at bay and, like, keep him busy and maybe it would be, like, a reward and he'd feel happy. But as we all know, that's not how you uh, fix mental health issues. Um, gifts are not the solution to anything in when you have a rooted problem that's much deeper. So mm. this new tactic made problems worse. By the age of 17, DeFeo had become an LSD and heroin user at the same time and was expelled from school for violent outbursts. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but the way that you said that was just so funny to me. What? An LSD and heroin user at the same time. Yeah, you know what's funny too about that? The I read that straight from the biography.com article, but like I added the at the same time. I knew you did. Yeah. Because it's Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Because it didn't make sense. It does make sense. I just I assumed they were at the same time. Oh my god. It was just redundant. Um but anyway, so yeah, that's so that was kind of the um the the age he was when things started to kind of make up take a dark turn. Seventeen years old, he started getting into like bad drugs and hanging out with bad crowds. In, in spite of his academic setbacks, the DeFeos continued to reward him though. At the age of eighteen, he received a prized position at his grandfather's car dealership. With little to no expectations, he also earned a weekly, like allowance from his father, regardless of his attendance or job performance at work. So DeFeo funneled this salary into his new car, 
which was another present from his parents, as well as an arsenal of guns, alcohol, and more drugs. And this is... Sounds like a pretty chill dude. (laughs) Yeah. Feeling the chill vibes. Yeah, it seems pretty chill. So this is where things started to get really strange. Uh, DeFeo's behavior seemed to only increase in time. He threatened a friend with a rifle during a hunting trip. Then later that day, acted as if nothing ever happened. That's pretty weird. Um, that's like that time I threatened Brent with like a Nerf gun. But much different because it's a Nerf yeah. gun. <laughs> much different. Oh, wait, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. <laughs> he also... I was like... T- yeah, honestly, for a second, Bobby, I was like, when did that happen? But the, the, the whole just, just told me everything. Like, okay, we're talking about somebody else. Never mind. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> that, I, just, I was just making up a fake story. It just, you know. But uh, anyway, so he, he also attempted to shoot his father with a 12-gauge shotgun during a fight between his parents. What DeFeo the pulled the trigger point blank at his dad, but the gun malfunctioned. Oof. So wow. these parents, who were supposedly like really terrible parents to him, t- took this as just like a <laughs> Brent's, Brent's wiping the Brent's wiping his eyes with sound effects. It's the best thing. Um, so like, of course, you know, knowing his parents, they just kind of brushed it off, and they were just a little bit stunned by the confrontation. But they were just like, mm, "That's weird." Like what? What kind of reaction is that? Your child tries to shoot you with a shotgun, and you're just like, "That was weird." It, well, it is. Are you saying it's not weird, Bob? No, but like honestly, kind of weird. Kind of weird. If I'm being honest, you're kind of weirding me out. I just feel like there there should be some kind of, you know, mental in, insanity like protocol for that, but. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. So the incident actually, you know, this incident really kind of foreshadowed what was later to come. More violent events. Yep. In 1974, DeFeo, feeling irritated by what he believed a meager salary, plotted methods for embezzling money from the car dealership. What a which weird is grandfather dude. Why is it? <laughs> I know. As if he didn't, he couldn't Why just ask for it. Why can't he just... Yeah, well, also, just ask for it. And also, he, you're, he's already getting a lot of money for doing nothing. I know. Why? Like, what the heck? So, he, he planned to embezzle from the dealership. And uh, in late October, the dealership entrusted him with the responsibility of depositing more than $20,000 to the bank. So, this was a really... I thought this was a very interesting side story. DeFeo planned a mock robbery with his friend agreeing to split the money evenly with his accomplice. The plan went off without a hitch until police came to the dealership to question him. Instead of calmly answering questions from the officers, DeFeo exploded into rage. When the police were suspicious that DeFeo was lying, they asked him to come to the station and check out some mugshots of possible suspects. He completely refused to comply. Ronald Sr., began to suspect that his son had committed the robbery. But when he questioned his son about that, the DeFeo threatened to kill his father. 
Well, obviously. Why would he freak out? Well, I mean, he's unstable, well, obviously. But the other thing too that I thought was funny was like, I guess he was unable to account for like the two hours between when he was robbed and when he reported it to the police. Like he told them, like, yeah, I was just robbed two hours ago, and they were like, okay, well, like, what happened? What was the timeline? Where? Sorry. <laughs> what was the timeline? Where did you go after that? And he was like, uh, stop questioning me. <laughs> and he got real mad, which I'm like, dude, you should have thought about that, I guess. Um, yeah, so that didn't really go as planned. So the next stage of this story is the actual murder of the DeFeo family. In the early morning hours of November 13th, DeFeo acted on his threat. Using a 35 caliber Marlin rifle from his secret gun stash, he entered his parents' bedroom and shot them both while they slept. He then entered his brother's bedroom, shooting them both in their beds. He ended by shooting his sisters point blank in their bedrooms. All the murders took place within 15 minutes. DeFeo then showered dressed for work, collected his bloody clothing and the murder weapon in a pillowcase. He dumped the evidence in a storm drain on the way to work and then just proceeded to do his daily routine. So what kind of person do you have to be to like just completely murder your entire family in their sleep and then go to work? Um, well, he's, he's obviously like unstable right oh, I yeah. often think yeah. it's I, I, I often think that like it, he, it sounds like he just wanted to um, kill his father or his parents yeah um, but then after he so like I, I, I my, my, my theory with, with, with these types of things is that like his, his rage or whatever built up too much and he had to take it out on his father mm. And then was like, oh, well, these people don't, uh, I, I can't leave my siblings without, yeah, without parents. Um, or right, like, almost like, or a, like, or oh, like, yeah, or like they're gonna it. know, so I, I, I just have to at this point. Like, he, like, yeah. he's already in, he guys got to go all the way in. And then after that, it's like, well, just gotta go about your day. What else are you gonna do? I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll get more into like the why of like why he killed his other siblings. Um, but there's a lot of different controversial conspiracies about that because some think that you know he, some of them, one of the siblings actually helped him kill the oh. others. Uh, that's actually his claim, but we'll we'll get to that. But he claims that the oldest sister was the one who killed the siblings, and it wasn't him. Um, but there's many things like, oh, it's, it was, you know, I didn't want them to grow up without parents or like, I didn't want any eyewitnesses, um, or like, oh, they fought back. I didn't want them to kill me first. So I killed them before they could kill me. There's a lot of like non consistent, uh, inconsistent stories that DeFeo tells later on, but we'll get to that part. So he dumped the evidence in a storm drain and then arrived at work. And once he got to work, this is the really 
psycho part. Uh, he called home, and uh, he would he pretended not to know why his father hadn't shown up for work, saying that he was uh, saying that he was bored around noon. He left work to go uh, spend the day with his friends, which I guess was like a very average thing for him to do. Just leave work in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. He attempted to secure an alibi by telling each of the people he visited that he couldn't seem to reach anybody at home. So he like acted concerned all day. Like, Oh, I hope my family's okay. Like, Oh, I haven't heard anything from them at 6 PM. He called a friend in mock surprise saying that someone had broken into the house and shot his family. There's multiple different uh, stories of this too. Like there's some stories that say he ran into a bar and told his friends. There's some stories that he called his friends so his friends came to the house and contacted authorities when a suffolk county detective questioned defeo about who could be a suspect in these murders he told them that he believed mafia hitman hitman lewis fellini may have been responsible defeo cited an old grudge between the made man and the family over some work defeo did for him at the dealership he then told police he had been up late watching tv unable to sleep left for work early and he said that he, he believed his family was alive when he left for work. Then told them the whereabout, his whereabouts for the rest of the day. Police placed DeFeo in protective custody as they searched for a suspect. After police more carefully searched the family's house, however, DeFeo's testimony began to crumble. Finding an empty box for a recently purchased 35 caliber Marlin gun in DeFeo's room gave authorities pause. As the timeline came together, it seemed more realistic that the murders had happened early in the morning. The family had all been seen, been, still been wearing their pajamas, so it couldn't have happened earlier in the day, placing DeFeo at home at the time of the homicides. When authorities questioned DeFeo about the new evidence, he began changing his story. He said that Fellini had appeared at the house early that morning and put a revolver to DeFeo's head. He then said that Fellini and an accomplice dragged him from room to room as they murdered his family. As the story unraveled, police extracted a confession from DeFeo. He finally broke down. Once I started, I just couldn't stop, he said. It went so fast. So he eventually admitted to doing the murders after being interrogated about it. And they had kind of been suspicious right from the start, but I guess like accounts of, of the actual day that this happened, the police reports state that he was like genuinely like crying and like sobbing about his family. So he was pretty convincing at first. Um, and he may have actually been sad. Like some people are kind of messed up and like, you know, he might've had a reaction as if somebody else had killed him as if it wasn't his choice. And uh, for later on in the story, there were some accounts where DeFeo had said that he was being told to kill his family by voices in his head. Ooh. <gasps> huh. So, you know, we'll get to the hauntings, but. Mm. So DeFeo's. This guy, man. I know. He's oh, <laughs> spooky. Yeah, and and just for anyone's, just for everyone's like understanding of of this, the it's not like all these siblings were, you know, in the same room or even on the same floor. 
like the rooms were scattered throughout the house. Yeah, and how one did of the, no one wake up? One of the weird things about this whole thing is that nobody was appeared to have woken up from this from any gunshots. Um and there was no silencer found on the rifle. And apparently even the neighbors didn't report any so- sounds of gunshots. That's so weird. Of a rifle like that big. Yeah. Like it would it would you would hear it from two miles away. Like it's well, crazy. You don't know that. What kind of gun was it? Well, I, I that's just uh I'm basing that off of what the, the police officer oh, said. Oh, what the police had said? Yeah, they said that, that it was a um thirty five caliber Marlin rifle. Oh yeah. And apparently like it was loud enough to be heard from two mi- two miles down the street. And no one reported any gunshots. Weird. Based on the bodies being like face down in bed, like no no one in the family woke up. At least that's what it seemed like. So, DeFeo's trial began on October 14th, nearly a year from the date of the murders. DeFeo's defense attorney, William Weber, attempted an insanity plea for him, and the murder suspect told jurors that he had heard voices that told him to kill his family. The psychiatrist for the defense, Dr. Daniel Schwartz, supported the claim, saying that DeFeo was neurotic and suffered from dissociative disorder. But the psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, proved that DeFeo suffered from antisocial personality disorder. The illness made him made him the defendant aware of the actions, but motivated by a self-centered attitude. Jurors agreed with the assessment, and on November 21st, 1975, they found DeFeo guilty on six accounts of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences and sent to Greenhaven Correctional Facility in Beekman, New York. His appeals to the parole board have all been turned down. So the controversies are really interesting to me. This is where things don't really add up about the story. All six of the victims were found face down in their beds with no signs of struggle. The police investigation concluded that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor and found evidence of sedatives having been administered. So he actually drugged his family, and he admitted this later Mm. on. Neighbors did not report hearing any gunshots being fired, and those who were awake at the time of the murders simply heard the family's dog barking. Since his conviction, DeFeo has given several varying accounts of how the killings were carried out. In a 1986 interview for Newsday, DeFeo claimed his sister Dawn killed their father, and then there's their distraught mother killed all of his siblings before he killed his mother. In this interview, DeFeo also asserted that he was married at the time of the murders to a woman named Geraldine Gates, with whom he was living in New Jersey, and that his mother phoned to ask him to return to Amityville to break up a fight between Don and their father. Subsequently, he drove to Amityville with Geraldine's brother, Richard Ramundo, who was with him at the time of the murders and could verify the story completely. What? So remember, remember Richard Ramundo. Okay. This gets really weird. So, so now, now DeFeo is saying in an interview that he was married, not living with his family. And in this version of the story, he was called upon to go stop a fight between the father and the oldest sister. 
So, in 1990, DeFeo Jr. filled filed a 40, 440 motion a proceeding to have his conviction vacated in support of this motion. DeFeo asserted that Don and an unknown assailant who fled the house before he could get a good look at him killed their parents and Don subsequently killed their siblings. He said the only person he killed was Don and that was by accident as they struggled over the rifle. Again, he asserted that he was married to Geraldine and that it, her, her brother was with him at the time of the murders. So an affidavit David from Richard Ramundo was submitted to the court and it was asserted that he could not be located to testify in person. So they wanted him to testify, but they couldn't find him. Evidence was submitted to the court by Suffolk County District Attorney's Office suggesting that Richard Ramundo did not exist and that Geraldine Gates was living in upstate New York, married to someone else at the time of the murders. Geraldine Gates did not testify at this hearing because the authorities had already confronted her about the false claims in 1992, where she admitted that Raimundo was a fictitious person and she did not ever marry DeFeo. So he just completely concocted this crazy yeah, story. Just like later, he just was like, all right, I'll see if this works. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, oh yeah, okay, here's the truth. Uh, my wife... My wife. My wife. <laughs> did you guys see the new Borat movie? Yes. I, I haven't yes. seen it yet, but I'm still watching the first Borat to, like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. refresh. To get the lore. The so lore. It's so good. It's Borat so 2 is pretty good. It's it pretty looks good. really I funny. Like, I like it. I mean, you can definitely tell that they were uh, restricted by COVID. Like, there aren't nearly as many, like, man on the street type bits yeah, as not the that first many one. Yeah. But um, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. Um, there are some there are some scenes in that movie that are just so outer body cringy <laughs> that it's just. I it's had to fast forward through some parts that were so cringy. Um, <laughs> it's surprisingly heartfelt though at points. Yes, <laughs> it's very yes. nice and too. and a a f- kind of a feminist text. Just gonna put it out there. A little bit of yeah. a feminist text movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. So. I, I think we should do a bonus episode on it. Yeah, we could. We could. It'd be. Fun. I think that'd be fun. Because yeah. I bonus app. I, I the political bonus app. <laughs> yeah, I have like a hard time like getting into like comedy movies and like legitimately like laughing my head off. Um, the first Borat, I laughed probably like for twenty minutes straight the first half of the movie. So. I'm like, good, yeah. it, it's it's pretty funny. Like, just like, I don't know. It really matches up with my sense of humor as like a 25 year old person now. <laughs> yes, because that's just who I am now. I'm an educator. You're, so, you're, so, you're so refined. I'm a refined humorist. There have been so, stuff coming out though, being like, people are like mad, being like, nobody told me. I thought that Borat was a real documentary. They never told me it was fake. <laughs> And it's like obvi- it's like it's so obviously the- fake. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I don't get it. Like that's what he <laughs> yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. You've ever heard of Sasha Cohen Baron? Like what? Yeah, they're like I've never heard of Sasha Cohen Baron. I've heard of Sasha Baron Cohen. SBC. Oh, you fool, Bobby. Burnt. I was we burnt. Just, we should just get moving on. Sasha to Bill. 
Now I don't know which one it is. I already Baron forget. Cohen. Sasha Baron S- Cohen. Sasha Cohen Baron. Gotcha. Nope. Nope. Sasha <laughs> Cohen Baron. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Moving on. I've got it now. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now I feel like a fool. According to a different source, DeFeo Jr. claimed that he had committed the murders with his sister Dawn, the oldest one, and two of his friends out of desperation because his parents had plotted to kill him. Allegedly, Butch claimed that after a furious fight with his father, he and his sister planned to kill their parents and that Dawn murdered the children in order to eliminate them as a witness. He said that he was so enraged by discovering that he killed the siblings that he knocked her unconscious onto her bed and shot her in the head. Now, one of the other conspiracies is many people speculate that she was killed elsewhere and later placed in the bed due to the fact that although she was clearly shot in the head and there was brain matter found on her clothes and on her blankets, uh, there was actually no evidence of blood spatter anywhere on her headboard which was only inches from her head and it was like a white headboard. And so if he had shot her at the angle where she was placed, it doesn't make any sense that there would be no blood on there. This so, is so weird. So people still mm-hmm. don't know what really happened. I mean, there's a lot of theories out there of like, did he, you know, kill them and then place them all face down in their stomach? Cause like, what are the odds yeah, that what? all of them were sleeping on I their stomach? I was going to say, what? who has an entire family of people that sleep on their stomach? Yeah, like, the odds right. of that are so slim, you know? Right. See, my fir- first thought was that it was uh, maybe some sort of, like, execution-style situation where, mm-hmm. like, he had the gun on them and it was, like, lay on your you know, stomach mm-hmm. or you know, whatever, and then just, you know, pop, pop in the head, you know? Yeah. But what's weird about that is even still, like, if you're upstairs and you hear gunshots coming from the downstairs, mm-hmm. you're just going to sit there and wait for your brother to well, get up to your room? Well, I, I mean, if they were they drugged, were drugged, so maybe... Yeah. Oh, yeah, if they were all no. drugged, so maybe he like woke them up individually mm. as he's like murdering them, which is a hor- horrific thought. Yeah. But you know, like maybe he, you know, would like wake them up enough to like, or if they were out drugged enough, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be curious to see like a toxicology report or some form as to like whether or not they were actually drugged or not. I don't know if that information exists somewhere. You know what? I did hear they- something about a toxicology report. Um, but, um, but if they were, I, if they, depending on how drugged they were, he might be able to literally just like roll them over himself yeah. and then yeah. just, you know, shoot them. You know, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. It's a very strange situation. Um, <coughs> there is evidence that the mom woke up from the sound of the gunshot and basically turned over and then it, that's the story that he tells is that she turned over and looked at him and he was like, and shot her in the face or uh mm-hmm. shot her in the i think it was like the um some vital organs but yeah it's just the whole thing is very very bizarre and no one really knows what happened that day but the story doesn't really end there because after this the house was sold and other people moved in and this is brings us to the paranormal side of this episode which is uh, what the movie's based on. The Amityville Horror. Spooky! Ah! Very hot. 
Oh my god. Ew. Ew. Talk about scary. (laughs) Jar Jar, don't touch that. You'll you'll zap yourself. Whoa! Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Phantom Menace quotes now. We keep getting mis- uh, off track with Star Wars this episode. Yeah, why, are we, why are we so into Star Wars right now? I don't now? know, because I'm not like, really into it, like, other than this I'm not, I haven't watched the Star Wars thing in forever. Yeah, like, what? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's just one of those days. Star it's Wars just the force, the you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, the book, The Amityville Horror, which is based on a true story, describes the house at 112 Ocean Avenue as remaining empty for 13 months after the DeFeo murders. In December 1975, George and Kathleen Lutz bought the house for what was considered to be a bargain price of $80,000. The five-bedroom house was built in Dutch colonial style. Jesus, and can you a, imagine getting a five-bedroom for eighty grand today? Oh my god, I can't. My, Sign me up. When I was when I was uh, born, my parents built a house mm. for a hundred thousand, like five, uh, four bedroom. I think like it's insane how expensive yeah. houses are now. The uh, five-bedroom house was built in Dutch colonial style and had a distinctive gambrel roof. It also had a mm. swimming pool. Under boathouse, and was located on a canal. Jesus, dude. <laughs> George People were higher than up. Listen, never, n- never build a boathouse. Only bad things will happen there. Yeah, if you have a boathouse, you're probably going to become a ghost someday. Um, yeah, it's it's like oh, it's a guarantee. It's like a ninety five percent probability. Yeah, Ain't definitely. No good happens in a boathouse. Yeah, because you never. <laughs> I'll know this. You're telling me that if you look out the window and you got a boathouse, you're not going to see an old sailor dude hanging out there. You have a hook hand or something. Yeah. You don't see his face, but he's got like long wet hair. Yeah, even <laughs> if on. you die with both your hands, you're still going to have a hook as a ghost. It's just yeah. part of it. It's so part of it. George and Kathy married in July 1975 and each had their own homes, but they wanted to start fresh with a new property. Kathy had three young children from a previous marriage, Daniel, Christopher, and Missy, all under 10 years old. They also owned a Labrador named Harry. Aww. During their first inspection of that, I don't know why that was in there. It doesn't come back at all. It's just part of it. <laughs> that's, just, that's just good color, yeah, you know? Yeah, you, you just got to paint the picture. Lab. The <laughs> During their first inspection of the house, the real estate broker told them about the DeFeo murders and asked if this would be a problem. After discussing the matter, they decided it wasn't going to be an issue. The Lutz family moved in December 19th, 1975. Much of the DeFeo family furniture was still in the house because it was included for $400 as a part of the deal. A friend of George Lutz learned about the history of the house and insisted on having it blessed. George knew a Catholic priest who agreed to carry out the blessing. So the priests arrived to perform the blessing while George and Kathy were unpacking their belongings on the afternoon of December 18th, 1975. They're like literally getting their house exercised? Yes, literally, as they're they're moving in. He went into the building to carry out the rites. When he flicked the first holy water and began to pray, he heard a masculine voice demand... Get out. When leaving the house, 
The priest did not mention this incident to either George or Kathy. On December 24th, Christmas Eve, the priest called George and advised him to stay out of the second floor where he had heard the voice, the former bedroom of Mark and John DeFeo, that Kathy planned to use as a sewing room. But the call was cut short by static. <laughs> Following his visit to the house, the priest allegedly developed a high fever and blisters on his fingers. It, it's, it's his hands, but I was just doing a Ringo Starr thing. At the first, George and Kathy experienced nothing unusual in the house. Talking about their experiences subsequently, they reported that it was as if they were living in different houses under the same roof. Some of the strange paranormal events that occurred were as follows. Flies being found in large numbers in the middle of the winter. Their daughter, Missy, having an imaginary friend who looked like a giant pig and told her that he wanted her to live there with him forever. Like, what? Okay, what? That, I'm it's, sure that was just her little pig, it, like her little imaginary, like, because kids have imaginary friends. I never get this when people are like, this child has an imaginary friend, therefore this house is haunted. It's like, kids have imaginary friends, what do you mean? Yeah, my, I had Magic Man, I had Monster and Giraffe, and I had I'm sure, so many imaginary friends. I'm sure the little girl says, yeah, and he says he wants me to stay here forever. Yeah. And not, like... And she, and then, and then the little girl falls up with, yeah. And he said it really, really creepily, not like yeah. sweet forever, like a never-ending type of forever, forever yeah. as in forever and ever, as in in. Oh, that's good, friend. How do you do that? I don't know. It's like inward singing, baby. Oh, my brother told me a story, like a couple weeks ago. Him and his girlfriend went to go see like the largest pig in like New England. Just I think his name was well. Harry or something. Harry Whoa, the large pig. Whoa, Harry Lachine, my little brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the largest pig in New Got England. Him. <laughs> he doesn't listen to Oh, my like God, dude. <laughs> We're sorry, All right, Harry. that's it. That's it. This has all been a long time right. for us to say that one joke about Harry. <laughs> thanks, night, guys. Everybody. Thanks for watching. Check out our Patreon. Thanks, Brain for, thanks for playing along. <laughs> okay. Now, shut it. Shut it down. We don't shut need it, it down. anymore. Turn the lights off. <laughs> so, so, here's the sad part. He goes to see Harry, the pig, and shows up. And everyone's like, where's Harry? And there's just a sign that said, like, rest in peace, Harry. Oh, no! <laughs> he, like, died. He actually oh. did. That's really yeah. funny. It's sad. That's, that's a bummer. Anyway, so... Uh, oh, you were saying... The paranormal, paranormal rest activities, in paradise. yeah. Yeah. Rest in paradise, Harry. We love you. So, so the, uh, the dad said that there was screaming heard all throughout the night. They would see a figure standing on the stairs... The toilets mm. would turn black, and uh, slime would ooze out of the walls. And the lights would flicker on and off. Yeah. And the slime would ooze from the walls. The hash slinging. The mash ring, The hash slinging slasher. So you tried to sync up with me, but it yeah, ain't going to work. work. Um... 
I like yeah. the part in that. Uh, this is a SpongeBob reference, by the way, Brent. If you didn't get it, but um, yeah, no, I, I actually have seen that one. <gasps> oh, like the part where yes, they're like, Brent. "How do you explain the oozing walls?" And he goes, "They've <laughs> always done that." <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's actually a great episode. That I also like the one, one where SpongeBob is like a ghost for Halloween, and everyone's like, "You're not scary," and then he takes off the the blanket, and it's just his like brain. Because he, like, shaved oh, all his sponge yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, To get the shape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's oh, really that's a good. That's, that's a... Uh, Wait, uh, so... Um, he started... Uh, didn't he hear... Uh, this is in the movie, though. He hears, like, a marching band. Honestly, the, it's so weird because the accounts of the things that they heard and saw are very... Um, inconsistent and also apparently the big thing that you know made them leave the house in the middle of the night is too scary to talk about so they don't talk about it which i think is a thing that happened in the basement right or whatever like yeah. something happened in the basement that they like won't talk about yeah they won't they won't talk about it it's it's just That's so, so love, i'll finish uh, off the, what's written talk here about, people talk about watching their friends get blown apart in war and these people can't Talk about oh, uh, uh, oh, some scary thing that happened in the basement. We can't talk about it. Oh, oh Jerry Seinfeld, oh, New York. Because oh. um, in the movie, there's this scene where he goes like down. There's like this significance with like this metal like lion statue that like bites him or like he trips oh. and falls and it like his leg gets caught in it. But he's like, it bit me. But he like gets scared and see and hears a full like marching band with drums and horns and everything in his mm. living room and he goes downstairs oh, and there's man. nothing there and he just hears it um but in the movie it's really unclear it was mm. like in, in the book because this is the part that's in the book is it's like oh he thought he thought he heard a marching band but in the movie you just hear the music and you're mm. like i'm like oh is he hearing that or is it just or is it like a soundtrack thing Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but then they were like, that was kind of part of the intention to be Yeah, like, you don't know. You don't know. You're mm-hmm. just like him. Is it all in your head? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, shut up. Uh, I hate that. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I don't know what happens in the movie, but basically um, they they basically, um, let, me, let me finish reading here just so I can kind of get my brain back on track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. getting in touch with the priest... The Lutzes decided to take some belongings and stay at Kathy's mother, mother's house in nearby Deer Park, New York, until they could sort out the problems of the house, at least. They claimed that the phenomena followed them there, too, with the final scene of Anson's book describing greenish-black slime coming up from the staircase towards them. Yeah, On January sure. 14th, 1976, George and Kathy Lutz, with their three children and dog Harry left the house, leaving all their possessions behind forever. The next day, a mover... (laughs) Okay, so it wasn't forever, because the next day a mover arrived to remove the possessions. And he reported (laughs) no paranormal phenomena inside the house. Um, Let's talk about this. Would you buy a haunted house? I mean, I don't know. It sounds kind of cool. But also... How much of a discount am I getting? Well, if it's $80,000 to live on the coast of Long Island. 
Okay, yeah, mm. if it's okay, it's just like it's it's the perfect house and it's not like, oh my god, we're saving so much money. It's oh my god, this house is exactly in our price point. It's the mm. perfect house and they're like, "Oh, also um yeah, three people were murdered here last year." Mhm. Do you buy the house? No. I don't personally. Yes, I do. You do? I do. I I do not believe in the in the spooky ghosts so much. Um well, that makes sense because you already it, live in a haunted house, Brent. Do I? No, I'm just. I thought I was. <laughs> I was. I thought you were going to say I was that like, I already live I... in a haunted house because I live right next yes. door to a graveyard, um, and I've That's never true. been haunted. So I would buy a haunted, quote unquote, haunted house. If I had yeah, a quarter I, I... for every time I heard that Jack lived next to a graveyard, <laughs> go to hell, Bob. Mm. <laughs> yes. Go Not to a hell. cemetery. Go but right then I'll next... be next to your house. <laughs> I was gonna say, go right next to my house, Bob. <laughs> um, but, uh, but imagine I... if I was haunting you from the graveyard. Return the slab or suffer the consequences. <laughs> the Obi Wan and Gauze. The Obi Wan and Gauze. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never experienced anything paranormal myself. It's just not um, a quick haunting. It feels like a quick haunting. Like, they were murdered yeah. in 74, and then in 76, they're already haunting. It seems <laughs> fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem fast. And so, like, I think a lot of people believe that this was a hoax. The hauntings were just kind of, like, a I'm psychological thing. <laughs> yeah, like, the yeah. you know, knowing <laughs> what happened when you move in and, like, being a superstitious person, because they were both religious in some sense. Like, I think the the uh george was like methodist and the right. kathy and was catholic have, maybe i missed this part but like didn't they have some sort of involvement at some point with this like couple that did like seances or some crap like that too like these paranormal like investigator type people probably who really sort of who really sort of like latched onto and milked the shit out of this whole Amityville thing? I think. Am yeah. I am I misremembering that, or is that like part of something? Else? No, I think I you're know. right. I think there was like a weird like involvement with like some people and the press, and like the way that they would, uh, you know, hype up these this this haunting. And I think because the murders were so recent, it was still within like the news cycle. To talk about how, oh, remember this murder that just happened? Well, now they're back. And it's it's even crazier. So they just kind of kept, like, cycling through the same news story um, of the Amityville murders. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I am not misremembering that. It's Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are Oh, the my two God, people. it's the Conjuring people. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, I think they gained a lot of notoriety at the time of Amityville because they, like were among the first investigators to like look into that haunting yep you know if it as you will so no you're right brent yep you're right i remember this this all it's all coming back now yeah they mm-hmm. were like the couple that would go around and and this yeah. was just like a, a very superstitious time in the media and so like it was very in the zeitgeist to talk about like hauntings and and stuff like that and it became like a tourist attraction almost like the neighbors i guess like had to deal with people like driving by and like you know kids trying to spook themselves and it was just a crazy crazy thing i think the more interesting part of the story is the actual real part this the murders yeah and then the haunting part is just kind of like uh some people trying to 
I don't know, justify their weird psychological issues. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the haunting stuff for me is it's either people who are, yeah, like you said, or who are already sort of like susceptible to sort of freaking themselves out. Yeah. Because, you know, the human mind can work wonders. Oh, you yeah. Know, you can. You can really kind of convince yourself of a lot of things mm-hmm. um, if you believe enough, if you will. If you just believe. So I, could totally, so I could totally see them sort of like spooking themselves into believing that there's this like horrible haunting going on there. The power of belief um, is a yeah. strong, strong thing. Absolutely. I mean, the day so I moved into my house, I, I thought I saw a ghost with my eyes closed and I was like, okay, that was the stupidest thing ever. I was just stressed out because I just yeah. moved. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. So, uh, as far as like the haunting stuff goes, like uh, yeah, I think a lot of that is probably just kind of bullshit. And then it's been sort of like there's been already like a media fascination with this story of Amityville that that kind of gives it more legs. Yeah. And then now you got investigators coming, paranormal investigators coming in to check it out. Yeah. And it just kind of like is self perpetuating. I think thing, yeah, part of know? it too Definitely. is probably because the the guy keeps talking about it, right? Like he kept changing the story. And so like yeah. every time like the media was like, boom, we got the new, we got the story for today. Yep. Um, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that um, the news doesn't just report what's happening. The news, looks for things to report yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're like, not just they, like if they were reporting what's happening like big things half the week there wouldn't be news yeah you so know? they just like a lot of times in the news just like and they're like we need to make this this serious so that people mm. take it seriously and keep watching ratings yeah it's, yeah it's kind of like you know also we see this happening in the news a lot now where it's like the media kind of gets bored with like running like the same story over yeah. and over. We're seeing it with kind of like the election stuff going on right now. Like for the longest time, the stories were always just kind of like, yeah, Biden's kind of been ahead, just generally polling wise by like five to seven points. But mm. like this story is boring. So that now there's like all these stories like, how is, you know, is America ready to have a boring president? I don't know. What do you think? Like, and it's like all this like weird stuff that's like, yeah. I don't know, maybe we want Trump. I don't know. What? It's like, wait, wait, I haven't wait, seen what? any of that. No, I, I know what a, you mean. I've seen it too. There's, 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 seen that it too. sort of angle has been coming out more and more as like we get closer and closer and things haven't really changed. Like it's yeah. been basically the polling has shown like the numbers being basically the same since the pandemic started. Yeah. So like it's been nothing's, pretty consistently. Nothing's happening. In, it's weird to say that in twenty twenty. It's, it's it's not like the in two thousand sixteen where like every week there was a new poll, but that was just like wildly different. You know? Yeah. It's, it's all been pretty much straight down the middle of the entire yeah. election process. So I think that's kind of a boring news story. So it's like, well, how we need to find a new angle to present this yeah. that that's that makes this more exciting. Boring. You know? Yes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so that's what, like, people love. People love, the news loves a crazy guy. Is the they White House haunted? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it's haunted by this, by the ghost of, um, I don't know. White supremacy? President uh, <laughs> It's not haunted. The it's currently talks. there. I know. Dude, we gotta Hold change on. it. 
That's what the next yeah. thing is. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there was like establishment Democrats like starting a movement to be like we need to rename the White House. Yeah, I would. I, yeah. That's that would be. Stupid. <laughs> let's not actually. Let's not actually like do anything that helps anybody in any real way. But yeah. we'll, we'll call it the 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 multicultural <laughs> house. Yeah. You ever like, seen those memes that are like? That's what they do, now. isn't it? It's like oh, we got to change the names of stuff, but not actually change what has happens. I love the memes that are like, <laughs> when will people realize this? And it's like. <laughs> it'll be it'll be like uh poor people um excuse me uh government could we have some help please uh <laughs> republicans no democrats no hashtag blm <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the one thing I'm like, about oh, democrats that's so i'm like that's so accurate dude yeah. or like I, yeah i love it there's something I'm starting to like to to think about a lot, which is you look at like Biden and Trump's like policies and their plans for like sustainable energy. Trump's just all fully on onto the whole oil thing, right? And Biden's mm-hmm. like, oh, we need um we need sustainable wind power, and he wants mm-hmm. to put like some offshore farms, which is great and all, but like mm-hmm. I think we're looking at the wrong thing. Like we shouldn't have national grid. We we should be getting rid of these giant corporations completely that are like controlling our electricity and make it illegal for us to go. You off mean the legal grid. legal monopolies? Yes. Because when people when people love to bring up the fact that monopolies are illegal, they're like mm-hmm. monopolies are illegal. You can't have monopolies. We fixed the capitalist system. It's a perfect capitalist system because <laughs> monopolies are illegal. It's like, what about all the legalized yeah, monopolies yeah. that they're literally just saying? It's like, okay, well, these can't have monopolies because we don't want them to, but we make a lot of money if these are monopolies. Yeah. So we'll let yeah. those ones be monopolies. Yeah. And it's but, like with National Grid as an example, I mean, National Grid isn't even an American company, which is the craziest thing, you know? Yeah. It's good like, stuff. But anyway, so yeah, we should probably wrap this up, huh? Yeah, that's make, not even sure anywhere you, near him. All that, all that to be said. Make sure you go and vote, and uh, go vote for Biden because, uh, yeah, it's still better. Whoa, that's a bold <laughs> stance. That's a bold it, stance. It's absolutely better because, like, I mean, if you're looking at what's happening with like the courts right now and how they, I mean, Republicans keep talking about packing the courts. The Dems yeah. are going to pack the courts. Uh, that's literally what. Uh-huh. Uh, has been happening with Republicans for the past uh, four years, and now as a result, um, there's a chance that uh, I know they're going to talk about packing the courts when they <laughs> yeah. literally have Republican-leaning Supreme Court justices who, by the way, are supposed to be impartial. Mm-hmm. Um, like very who like just don't just don't 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 are not following the law and just don't yeah. listen to the actual law it, 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 it needs we balance right now so oh yeah yeah well we, we literally just got a, a like a uh, a ruling down from the supreme court with uh kavanaugh speaking for the uh majority opinion that like oh yeah votes that don't aren't received by midnight on election night in uh I believe it's Wisconsin aren't going to count even if they're post dated before the cutoff date because I don't know it, people might think it's fishy which legally why they can't can they even do that I thought they couldn't actually do I that I mean to the Supreme Court they just ruled that that's <sighs> but, what's happening but like so. the, the USPS <laughs> is so bad at getting things on time so of course so many aren't going to show up by no midnight. I know that that's what the Supreme Court has said but like what like I think like legally as long as mail like I think legally mail is is like it doesn't it, it only matters when it's postmarked is that it like once it goes into the mailbox that's all that matters um yep that's supposed to be the case but that's what they ruled so 
I know, but so I don't. Get, I'm just I, saying, I, I, I don't. Th- I, get I, ready for that shit. I still feel get like ready they can't, for that shit. That's like, where we're heading. <laughs> I feel so like they can't. So if if just that if that, that bothers now. you, like it bothers me, and it sounds like it bothers Jack, vote for Biden <laughs> because there's gonna be a lot more of that kind of shit. In the future, <sighs> if you don't. Oh my god! I know this is this is not our politics podcast, but like, oh, god damn it, man. dude. Um, but the day that people realize that having a two-party system completely defeats the purpose of having three branches of government that are supposed yeah. to keep each other in balance because they yeah. were designed people everyone f- fails to realize that the like everyone's like oh we have the oldest working constitution still we are we have the oldest go- continuous government or whatever and it's like a why would you brag about having a government that was determined like 300 years ago yeah. and that we're still using today also our government was completely structured based on the fact that there would be multiple parties the electoral college the balance of powers mm-hmm. the way that the congress and senate are set up the way that the supreme court is two. set up it is meant to not be bipartisan I, and but it like, literally nothing, is broken when it is bipartisan. there's nothing you can do because i mean like even though there are other good candidates that are out there it's like you can't vote for them because nobody else is going to hey unless you're massachusetts who's voting for ranked choice voting which would be sick if that actually went through yeah um anyway yeah i think we're we're, if you time to wrap it up yeah we got to make sure we can actually get this episode out yeah here's the thing i'm sure a lot of you listening are in the same boat we are right now it's literally the week before uh, election tuesday not that we're gonna have an answer on election tuesday who the next president of the united states is but i'm sure it's weighing on all of us very heavily so yeah Thank you for sticking out with us and listening to an episode that was not about all that. Yeah. The rest of it. It was about Star Wars. It was about hauntings. It was about (sighs) Jack's graveyard. It was about lots of Obi-Wan. Just make sure that if you if you wanna support the show, check out our Patreon because we Mm. do have a bunch of Patreons now and they're loving it over there, right? But up they're loving um, it. Yeah, so go join the club, go join the crew, become part of the bonus apps. Yeah, the bonus apps. If you're getting like, if you're getting sick of waiting for Brain Boggle every week, guess what? You got like dozens of bonus apps, less than dozen bonus apps to go back and listen to. <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't been around that long for our Patreon yeah. has not existed long enough for there to be dozens, uh, but there are there are quite a few up there for you to check out and more to come. Yeah, so go definitely check out our Patreon. Go check out our website brainboggledpodcast.com go check out our Instagram which is at brainboggled and our Twitter which is at brainboggledpod oh and um we also have Facebook but who really cares about Facebook so just go check out those other things (laughs) yeah and you know we got some memes that we post every week and uh, you can check those out we got some videos we got a brain boggled where you can see all the crazy stuff we talk about with your eyeballs also, we got a shop. Only a few days on the yeah. mug. Yes. Yeah, go to the shop because the mug. Time is time is literally running out. You've got like one day to get that order in, baby. Yeah, it says limited edition. It's it's set to unschedule October thirty first. So it doesn't matter how lazy I am, it will be gone. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Do we, are we actually gonna do this on the thirty first? But if it's already scheduled, it's out of our hands. Yep. Shouldn't it stop on like midnight of the first? Shh. Yeah. Hey, you might want to double check that. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I made it up. There's no schedule. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for listening. 
Should I edit that out? No, you keep that in. It's, 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 That's fine. Totally. Just go I'll get go it because I'm going to take it down. Did you know yeah, that yeah. at the beginning of in the fir- like one of the, it's like the first or second episode we recorded somebody I forget who it was but we were like we want this to be a podcast where we don't cut anything out no <laughs> and how far that no, we cut so we uh, we oh not so God. much but there's stuff we definitely cut out it depends on the yeah. week, you know. It depends on how much time I have. Yeah, last like week, last week's episode was, was unedited. It was literally just <laughs> I put the music in and it was came out like that. Um, Brain bomb. I think the same raw. for the Jack. Honestly, honestly, Barktober's been a very busy month for me, it's so I've not bog. edited. Honestly, the only episode I really edited a decent amount was Matthew's episode because mm. there was so much music oh, delay yeah. in. Well, um, the only thing you have to do for this it, one is add that little YouTube clip in, and I mean, I messed up a bunch, but the people are used to that, so. The people. Yeah, the people expect a certain level of quality, which is low. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all right, let's wrap this up we, so we can we actually upload it. The people, yeah, yeah. All right, so thanks for listening, guys. See you. Happy Bogtober! Thanks oh, for yeah. coming no! in for another year. Bogtober! I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs>